Hey everybody, welcome again to the C3 Church Global Podcast. I'm Phil Pringle, your host, and uh, we are so happy that you have jumped on to listen again this week to our conversation with John Pierce, who has been the leader of Australia C3, runs his own powerful church, and the reason I said powerful is because it's called <laughs> C3 Powerhouse, on the Sunshine Coast in Australia, the most one of the most desirable uh, destinations for people to live. It is one of the fastest growing areas of Australia. And so John and Danielle have built a magnificent congregation of people in that area that I've been visiting ever since they started. And uh, it is such a pleasure to have you with us today, John. It's a delight to be with you, Pastor Phil. So today I wanted to talk about uh, the return of the church coming out of covid which many churches are in the West, and some, like up in Queensland, never really went in. <laughs> some did. We, we dodged a few bullets, which was fantastic. Exactly. So I found, though, that <clears throat> there were a number of believers whose Christian lives fell apart. Right. They're sitting at home and they started drinking. Yes. And drinking too much. Yes. Some who'd been on Drugs, yep. found themselves just sitting around at home all Reverting, day. Yep. You know, uh, what am I going to do? And just found themselves slipping back. Right. Others just sitting down watching TV. Yep. You know, feel like, wow, we're on a holiday. But after a few months, it's like that's fairly meaningless. And mm-hmm. uh, purposeless living definitely is detrimental to yes. anybody. And so I felt the need to reemphasize personal discipleship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd like us as a movement to really once again touch that deep foundation of being disciples. Great. And you uh, are a great disciple maker. I want you to, you know, just let's just talk about the whole world of making disciples, not just having a church that turns up and sits in seats on Sunday. Right, right. But of course, it's such a big deal, isn't it? And I, I guess... For many of us, COVID highlighted either we were doing we were disciple making really well, or we were good at running events that were awesome and people like to be at, but not necessarily transformative. So, because to me, discipleship is about transformation. It's about us not just meeting Christ, but the the journey of transformation that happens inwardly that ultimately changes our behaviour. So, I think. The first, the first thought around that is it just doesn't happen. It ha- it needs to be a very intentional focus by every pastor exactly. and leader that I'm here not just to put on a Sunday service that people enjoy. That's that's a component, but that that it, that's one of the mechanisms for making disciples, along with groups, the table conversations personal inclusion of people in our world. All There's a whole range of things that work together that if we're not deliberate about, okay, how? I, I often ask this question. If someone walks into my church and imagine a 25, 30-year-old guy walks into my church, has never met Jesus, doesn't have a church background, how am I going to take that particular person on the journey to being fully immersed in Christ, fully loving the church, uh, ultimately being a disciple maker themselves, because that's the that's what we want them to become like, totally. and, and not self sustaining, because that's not biblical, but have a inner drive to follow Christ no matter what comes. If persecution, isolation, 
How do I do that? So that's that's the question I ask myself and think through. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's all those unusual statements that Jesus made. Unless a man hates his family, right. he can't follow me. Right. Unless a man leaves his house and his lands and everything else, he can't be my disciple. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the Bible does use hyperbole. Right. There's no doubt about yes. that. Yes. To establish a truth and. And Jesus' manner of communication mm. also introduced that. I mean, he said, mm. if your hand offends yeah, you, cut, cut it off. off. Yeah, pluck your eye out. You. <laughs> so he is saying, take a, a level of desperation mm-hmm. and determinedness yes. of, about being a disciple so that literally all of these areas are way second yes. to following yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. And if you can get that, priority order set up like that in your life so that getting a house is not more important than Jesus. Right, right. So getting married is not more important than right. Jesus. Having a girlfriend or a boyfriend right. is not more important. Yes. And that's what he was saying. Right. And as I mean, as a leader, having a big church is not more important than Jesus. Totally. I love Pastor Phil. You uh, spoke recently in our church and talked about the idea that first of all, before being a pastor or a leader, you're a disciple. Yeah. Because we're essentially, we have to say to people like Paul, imitate me. Mm-hmm. So my first call, your first call, every pastor and leader's first call, I need to be a disciple. Right. So for you, what, is, what does that look like? What do you when you think about? Okay, I'm a disciple. What does mm-hmm. that look like for you? Well, for me to be a disciple, I've got to be a leader. Right. Because <laughs> that's what my obedience to Jesus right. is. Right. So obedience. I, ha- I don't it. always like being the leader. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta face some. Grubby situations, yes. difficult, challenging yes. situations. I mean, there are some nice spots, yep. Yep. but I, you know, like it's not all day long. Uh-huh. It's it's uh-huh. like maybe ten percent of what you do is is the night, you know, the lovely stuff. There's a price, right. that comes with building the church, right? And so, being a church planter mm-hmm. for me is being a disciple of Christ, right? Bring it down to more personal, local. Situation inside myself, mm. it's forgiving people, right? That I don't want to forgive, right? When I don't want to forgive somebody, mm-hmm. you know the, the, that delicious yes. feeling of rehearsing it yes. over in your thing. Yes. Your flesh loves dwelling on negative stuff, right? And fantasizing about yep. all the wrong yep. things. Yep. Being a disciple means I, I put boundaries on my internal life. I love that, and I, I say I'm not going there. I love that. So that means I, a disciple relates to the kingdom. Yes. And I, the reason I said it like that, unusually, yes. kingdom, yes. is yes. because it's the dom the domain of the king. Of the king. Love the it. domain of the king. Mm-hmm. So the boundaries of the kingdom of God are not geographical. Mm-hmm. They're spiritual. Mm-hmm. So when you cross over a boundary from love into hate, you've moved out of the dom of the king. Right. So you're no longer actually living by the ways of the kingdom of God. And, and so... To stay in love and in forgiveness is to stay under the hmm. dominion of Jesus. Beautiful. Do you think it's possible for us, because uh, many of your uh, of listeners here are pastors and leaders, is it possible for that we overemphasize church at, and not emphasize enough the kingdom, or maybe just we just 
don't talk enough about being disciples and in the kingdom. That's part of this emphasis at the moment, isn't it? Oh, totally. I, I, you know, I really do think that's true, John. Well, I think we've all got to be careful that we're not just putting on a good show, right, at the weekend. Yes, with flashing lights, smoke machines, yes. loud guitars, yes, and or even a great show right now to watch if people are in yeah. lockdown, right? Yeah, and so people come and they're like, and to a degree, we need to. Uh, you know, f- uh, flow with the way communications are. Right. And, and there's so many advantages to the modern-day communications. But, it, you know, I mean, the early church, they didn't have computers, digital, I, smoke machines. IG, smoke machines. And, <laughs> right. I mean, they didn't even have overhead projectors. Come on, <laughs> what? How could they even meet without overhead projectors? They, they, didn't, they hardly had a Bible. Right. They had some Old Testament, yep. you know, scrolls. Yeah. They had the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And they preached, yes. and they grew like flat out, mm-hmm. taking on the Roman Empire, and had so many people coming to Christ. Our faith to bring people to Jesus needs not to be in church, and and the danger is of just saying like church is the beginning and ending of everything. I'm I'm a local church. Yeah, we I'm love church. Sold on the local right. church. Right. I'm a, I'm a church builder. Mm-hmm. I'm for it every inch of the way. So I don't want that to be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. However, I, I, y- y- the church is the mechanism mm-hmm. for making disciples. Yes, yes. And not for putting on a show, not for just uh, getting people to come to it. Uh, we want people to follow Jesus. Yes. We don't want just people to come down the front and make a decision. Right. We want people to start a journey yes. and make disciples. Yes. And there's... To, to, we can't lose that. Because that's that's where, and we as Pentecostals would so often pride ourselves that we're not denominational mm. or we're not traditional in some sense. We are in our faith, but but people don't just come for the one hour, tick the church box and go home. Right. But our danger is people do come to church now and we're like maybe once a week, once every two weeks, once every three weeks, we beg them to go to Connect Group and right. it's all about what you do as opposed to who you are. Right. And so church is the it's the gate of heaven. It's the mechanism, as you say, for people to be 24-7 yeah. disciples of Jesus in a community. Totally. So that's that's it's it can so I think it can be quite subtle that suddenly I want to get that friend who doesn't isn't a Christian to and I just want to get them to come to church. Yeah. But actually that's just that's a mechanism. I want to get them connected to Jesus. That's right. To become a follower of Jesus. Yeah. And often they go hand in hand, but it's yeah. a subtle thing, I think. Yeah, and I do think that the the play the part of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is huge mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we can make disciples without no. the Holy Spirit. The difference between Peter just before the crucifixion and Peter on the day of Pentecost yes. is vast. Yes. So so he, he one day he's swearing, cursing, denying Jesus. Mm-hmm. Once he's filled with the Spirit, he is proclaiming Christ at risk of death. Right. And and he, he's totally unashamed, unembarrassed. Just a few weeks before, he was totally embarrassed, mm-hmm. totally ashamed of being associated with Jesus. Right. So there is a, a big difference in keeping people filled. Yes. Getting filled and keeping filled. Yes. The Holy Spirit. I I really believe this, the New Testament age. I don't think Jesus asked us to do anything that was going to rely on us that alone. We could do ourselves, so yeah. that we could say, "Now these are the three steps right. to making a disciple." Right. Actually, the making of a disciple in, includes steps and pathways, sure. but 
that's not all. It, it, it become a very dry, porridgey experience. Right. If you're just trying to be a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. without power to do so. I love that. I think, And I think so often we, we can, and I've been guilty of this, and some of us can sort of go, well, if I get the structure right and the pathways right, right. and it's really well set up and clear, well, won't the church just grow? <laughs> but I think that there, there are th- kind of three kind of components. To it. We've got to have clear pathways. Yep. I do need to know when that 25-year-old guy gets saved, he should do an alpha in a community. He yes. should learn about Jesus. Right. He should he should have an opportunity to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Right. He should go through prayer for deliverance. A whole, there should be a clear pathway that totally. everybody knows. It's never. It's always messy. It's never as clear yes. and clean as everybody would like it to be on paper. Oh. But we need clear pathways. But we also need the right people because discipleship only happens because there are disciple makers. Right. So that's that's as important, if not more important, than the pathway, yeah. getting the right people with that anointing and grace on them. But then there's got to be the power. Yeah. And honestly, if the other two don't exist but there's power, right. then it can happen Totally, but you can't get it happening just with pathways. Yeah, You've got to have the right people, and so that that early church commitment to daily prayer, yes. a, a radical love for one another, a, a total consecration and turning from an old way of life. That doesn't happen because we put a pathway in front of people. Right, we put people in front of them who they can see as a living example of being sold out to Jesus. Exactly, but the power of the Holy Ghost convicts, changes, transforms. Otherwise, we're a powerless. We're a powerless church that just says, well, come on Sunday. And yeah. then we wonder why they don't, you know, when we don't meet on Sunday, yeah. they're turning, like you said earlier, to back to old habits. Yeah, well, that, and, and getting, yeah, to, to, to be pure, mm-hmm. to be holy. Yes. In, a, in the world in which we live today, you, you need power. You do. From the Holy Spirit. So just to be putting down boundaries on people's lives yes. without uh, a power that will help them. Right. Actually, do that. It's like having a bright, shiny red Christian car, mm-hmm. and you don't realize there's a motor inside, right. and you're pushing it around everywhere with a lot of sweat and, mm-hmm. and grind, and and it's it's difficult. And so, I one of the things that has troubled me uh, during this COVID time, and this it's not off the subject; it, mm. it is within what we're talking about. But it, it as a pastor, it is concerning to me to see the promiscuity that has been prevalent in the world, mm-hmm. sexual promiscuity. Right. Um, get into the church so that there are people today living together and have zero uh, conscience about doing that before they are before they before they get married. Right. My wife and I were living together mm-hmm. when we got saved. Mm-hmm. We went home and just carried on as normal, mm-hmm. but instantly felt this very deep conviction mm-hmm. that we should not right. be sleeping together. Right. So we parted. Mm-hmm. And then we decided we'd get married. Right. Now, you know, th- th- that may have been a little bit of the motivation in there. Yeah, come but on. I think it was God That's as well. quite a powerful motivation, yeah. Pastor and, <laughs> and And, and uh, I think there'd be, you know, a, a different elements of sure. the motivation. Sure. But the pastor, he, he said, yep. It'd be a great idea to get mm-hmm, married. Mm-hmm. I was nineteen. Mm-hmm. Chris was eighteen. Wow, this is like fifty years ago. Wow, and uh, and we went ahead and did that. But I, it mystifies me that if you are filled with the Spirit, that you don't actually feel convicted because the days in which we lived, mm-hmm. it was it was Woodstock, baby, right? 
free love, right? Make love, not war. And mm-hmm. so, every nobody had a conscience much about it then either. Mm-hmm. But I am concerned that people are going to compromise their discipleship the way they follow Christ, and their lives will corrode. They yes. will um, start falling apart. Yes, if they don't have that boundary. Yes, on their sexual life, and right. if they don't have it there before they get married. Yes, it's not going to be there after they get married right. either. Right. So when people stray outside the marriage, that brings a lot of destruction, Mm -hmm. a lot of hurt, a lot of wounds. So my feeling of the making of disciples is being able to talk to people Mm -hmm. about these very real issues. Right. It's conversations, isn't it? Yeah. I I think that... Um, and we are all afraid of Bible bashing people. We don't mm-hmm. want to be legalistic, okay? Mm-hmm. So I get that. That's our movement. We're not going to lean that way. But sure. we do have to, un- I believe, understand. This is not this. about legalism. No, it's not. This is about, <laughs> this is about freedom. Yes. Ultimately, totally. boundaries are about freedom. Yeah. Without boundaries, people don't live free. They just, right. And they, they live messed up. So I think that what we have to do is make sure we have a power environment where the Holy Spirit's present and teach people to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit even if they don't recognize that inner whisper, they just go, oh, just guilt, so I'll just push it away. No, that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. High level of, of um, Holy Spirit presence, and we, we need to make sure we've got a strong community of love so you're loved. And one of the signs that we love you is that we will have conversations every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I think that means uh, periodically preaching about the power of sex, mm-hmm. that sex is sacred, mm-hmm. that sex is like a fire, and if you have a fire in your lap, like Proverbs says, then you're going to get burnt. So to understand that it's powerful, it's a gift, it's sacred, it's not just a physical act, it's spiritual, emotional, soul, and and physical. So if we teach that, allow the Holy Spirit to convict, but then ultimately, you know, New Testament is those of you who are more spiritual, train, teach, have conversations. And so that's, that's ultimately. So I think there's a grace to present truth in a way that people go, that makes sense. It's not just don't sleep with your boyfriend anymore. It's understanding the great gift of sex that God gives us and why he puts boundaries on it. So biblically, that's clear. But then allow conversations where, and ultimately, you. I think we have a culture where you can come to our churches if you're sinning. You're very welcome. We, we all are. But you're not going to become a leader. You're not going to be on the Stage, you're not going to be ministering uh, until there are some basic things in your life, and you allow your leaders to have those kind of conversations. I think that's that's our commitment to a church that is committed to becoming holy like Christ. That's right. that's part of discipling, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Well, being a disciple means I discipline myself. Yeah. Yeah. And the, to discipline myself is according to a set of values mm-hmm. and boundaries, mm-hmm. and uh, and and it's necessary. To, to create those boundaries by my initiative and by my will. Yes. I just say I'm not doing this. Yes, yes. Now, once I gain a power to mm-hmm. make a decision like that, that enacts a discipline in my life, that power actually travels into every other part right. of my life. It fl- overflows. And, and so I'm developing a, a muscle power against one of the most powerful drives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of us got. And, and this this isn't just going to be something that you wrestle with as a teenager. Mm. You every man mm-hmm. is going to wrestle with this yes. all of his life. Right. Every man and woman are going to find themselves 
battling in this area, especially in a world where they almost, uh, you know, sex has become the meaning of life. Right, yep. It just means every, so, so it's much. It's like the great idol of the Western world. If it's not money, it's sex. Yeah. That's that's the challenge. And so getting disciplines on money, mm-hmm. on sex, mm-hmm. and these areas, and communications, I think, yeah. those be the three big areas. That's great. We're putting governors on your mouth so yes. you do speak yes. like this and you don't talk about that and you actually – managing your life with some self-control rather mm. than excusing yourself mm. by explaining, oh, my parents or, yes. you know, like yes. uh, this is yes. the way I was brought up. Or, right. We we can't use other people to excuse our bad behaviour. And, and I think that part of the deal of following Jesus is that we address areas yes. that are difficult to address. Right, right. A good pastor, a good disciple maker doesn't talk to you about uh, the stuff you want him to Yes, right. He's going to talk to you about stuff that's awkward to hear. Yep, yeah. And, oh, a pastor's dream, a disciple-maker's dream is, dear God, we pray for people (laughs) who are easy to talk to. (laughs) So be, if you listen to this, you know, be a person who's easy to talk to about tough stuff. Right, yeah, be open for those awkward conversations. You've you've done some great messages on this, Uh, actually. Well, look, I think my life is the fruit of great input and conversations from people who are my spiritual leaders. Um, Pastor Phil, you would be front and centre in that. And just permission giving to to say the awkward things, to say the things that are blind spots, to, and ultimately, that's what we all want our church to be filled with, people who, I mean, that I'm an idealist, but we want our <laughs> church to have a lot of people who are just, help me, teach me, show me. I, I see that your life works. I want to imitate your life. Now, break that down for me. And often it's not in the one big thing. It's just in the small unseen areas that God goes to work in us and and it's I think it's such a it's such an important area all of those areas for us to address and ultimately submit and consecrate to God that my I've given you my whole life but I'm not hold, I'm not holding back the sexual part of my life I'm giving you my whole life right might not make sense I'm giving you my money life it might not make sense this tithing thing but I'm going to trust that your way is higher and it's you're doing something in me through tithing. I'm going to trust that your way is better by not sleeping, not being sexually active till I'm married. If I don't fully understand it yet, but I'm trusting because I've let you into that room of my heart. I've given you that part of my world. And I think if we can help people do that with explanations, love, Bible truth, clarity, the conviction and love of the Holy Spirit – then you just watch the transformation. It's awesome. It's the most joyful thing. Exactly. And all of us need transforming from some areas mm-hmm. that we we might want to, you know, say, oh, well, it's it's a condition I've uh, got. Yeah. It, you know, it's a um it's a sickness I have. Yeah. Or we but actually, if we treat things that are called sin, yes. <laughs> like sickness, yes. we'll never get rid of them. Right. We'll never actually get on top of it. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, the world has redefined mm-hmm. a lot of things. The Bible just says, look, it's sin. Mm-hmm. We want to call it something else. Right. Yeah. Like, and almost make ourselves a victim. Yes. Uh, and that can, that can help us avoid the uncomfortableness of facing a reality about ourselves that's unpleasant yes. and, and confessing it to God and to maybe another person that we need to. However... There is no other way to deal with the aberrations of our personalities that come out of holding on to sin. Right. 
And uh, a disciple wants to get rid of it because he's following Jesus. Yes. She's following Jesus. Yes. I don't want to I don't want to have anything offending God in mm-hmm. my life. I don't want to be an offense to Christ. Mm. I want to live for him. And that is the heart of a disciple. Whereas if I'm just a churchgoer. Right. I turn up at church on Sunday. Yep. Don't want anybody messing with my life. Right. Try don't, and keep that all hidden yeah, so no yeah. one really I'm, knows I'm, who I am. Have my church face yeah. on. At least I went to church. Yeah. Hey, I go to church. Yeah. I put some money in the plate. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh but this is very different. What we're talking about is becoming disciple. And that's what Jesus told us to go into the world, make disciples of all nations. And so that's how we're building our churches. I love it, Pastor. Yeah. We're, we're the radical middle, building, <laughs> building churches, calling people to lay their lives down yeah. to follow Jesus and being examples of it. Love it. Amen. Well, that's it, folks. And uh been such a pleasure talking with John Pierce uh, this week, again, who is assisting me actually in uh, leading C3 around the world. And uh, he is just at present transitioning from leading Australia, giving it over to Lars and Megan Halverson. And uh, we are looking forward to great expansion in C3 right around the world in all of the nations that we're in. We are anticipating seeing literally hundreds of thousands of people coming to Christ. Already we see that in uh, many places where our churches are. So if you are looking for a church, you're just feeling maybe a little dislocated or you just moved to another town, check out uh, C3 Church Global website and uh, you could easily find a C3 church near you. Otherwise, why don't you jump online if you are in an isolated situation and you can't uh, access a church Uh, for whatever reason, please feel welcome to jump online to a church near you or to C3SYD or C3 Powerhouse uh, as uh, we've been talking here today and we'd love to talk with you. Hey, hit that subscribe button on the podcast. Uh, uh, We'll turn up in your inbox every Wednesday and tag a friend or just send or share anything you've heard here that uh, you might be wanting to ask questions about. And we try to talk about things that may be a little more edgy at times than uh, than people might want to hear. But uh, we would feel also that it's important that we address certain issues that are current and relevant to where people are at in today's world. Looking forward to talking again with you next week. We'll see you then.